Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. On a day where 40 becomes 22, and we find out who will be in the 2020 All-Australian team. Hello and welcome to a very special Thursday night edition of Time On, and we wind into the sporting capital where we have the AFL Awards Night from start to finish for you. Coming up this hour, it is retirement season. Anthony Miles today calls time on his career. He joins me a little bit later on this hour. A player that's been unanimously supported by fans on social media today. It'll be great to catch up with him. And we're going to start the show with the All-Australian. Give me a lock. Give me the one that just has to be there. a couple of minutes after six o'clock Thursday the 24th of September my name's Jack Everett it's a great day to be alive and great to be with you 1300 736 736 is the number all night long on the phone you can find me on the text as well on 0433 98 11 16 that is the temper text it's a very very interesting night this one and a big night some say that the all-australian team doesn't mean a lot and who really cares and It's just a team that actually doesn't play anyone. Why do we even bother? But you speak to a lot of players and they love it on their resume. They love it as part of their career when they can look back in 15, 20 years from now and say, I was one of the best 22 players in 2020. And for those who have multiple All-Australians, they love it and they look back on it fondly as well. So I'm really looking forward tonight and I'm really looking forward to seeing what it looks like with all of the awards in the one night. We've never seen it this way before. Normally we get them staggered over a week or two and we have the All-Australian on a, on a Tuesday and then we double back for the AFL Coaches Association Awards. We double back for the PA Awards. Normally there's the Friday lunch of the Rising Star, which, um, I mean, I don't know why you'd ever have something like that on a Friday when, when no one can watch it, but... They're all spread over the week, and I see what they're trying to do. I actually really love this concept, and I'm, I'm interested to see how it goes tonight. But I'm a huge fan of just having everything on the one night. Um, and then the Brownlow's different. The Brownlow belongs on its own separate night. But I love the concept as a footy fan that you can sit down, and by the end of tonight, you'll know everything besides the Brownlow. Rather than have them spread out, uh, this is a really, really cool idea. And I, I reckon this might just be one of those things that – 
was brought in because of COVID uh, and it stays post-COVID. So hopefully tonight goes really well. We'll have it all for you here on SCN. I'll be here until 10 o'clock Eastern Standard Time this evening. We'll take all of the feed from the awards. We'd, we'd normally be there, obviously, and we'd normally be taking the feed. We will still do the same tonight. We'll have uh, all of the interviews on stage. We'll speak to some of the big names across the night as well. Just to catch up on a couple of things from across the day that are important and in no particular order here, trade period and trade talk already well and truly alive. I said last night on the show, if you think it's too early for trade, uh, it ain't, and things are happening. This is not just speculation and a few journos trying to feather their nest. These are clubs having these conversations and making these decisions right now. Geelong and St Kilda reported to be in the hunt for Sean Higgins, and that looks to be another conversation that the Kangaroos have had. It was Ben Brown yesterday. It does appear as though that the Kangaroos have said that they will encourage Sean Higgins to, to look around and make a decision for his future. Uh, the Giants in Sydney believed to be keen on Braden Pruce. I think the Giants are an absolute no-brainer for Braden Pruce. Um, to this very day, I still shake my head and wonder why Melbourne did that deal and wonder why Braden thought it would be a good idea to go to Melbourne as well. Anyway, you can't change the past, but you can have a say on your future. And I think the Giants would be a fantastic fit for Braden Pruce. Sydney would also be a really good fit. So I don't think he can go wrong there. Uh, retirements, as we mentioned, we're speaking to Anthony Miles a little bit later on this hour. Uh, Jack Watts retires today. The number one draft pick, 174 games. One of the good guys of footy. He's made a couple of blues along the way. You, you can't argue with that. But um, has coped and had to cope with a level of pressure on a number one pick that I actually can't think of a number one draft pick that has come under more scrutiny from the moment they came into the system. Um, Sam Walsh is getting a little bit of that now, but shouldn't because he is an absolute star, already a star. Um, I don't think I can name another draft pick that came in at number one that has had to pick the same sort of scrutiny through his game from the start uh, that he has. So well done, Jack. A very, very good career. 174 games. Nothing to be sneezed at. The Gold Coast Suns did list seven players. Uh, North Melbourne also, while we're on the subject of the Kangaroos, uh, said to be entertaining uh, offers for Jared Polek. And it's believed uh, a couple of different journalists reporting that Melbourne lead the way for that one uh, at this stage, which, which is an interesting one in itself that Melbourne drafted two or traded for two wingers last year. Ed Langdon being one, that absolutely worked. And he finished... Top five in their best and fairest last night, which was won by Christian Petrarca. So that worked. Uh, Adam Tomlinson, I wouldn't say had the same amount of success. Um, and I think Adam's role with this team going forward is probably going to be as a third defender or, or maybe even um, at the other end of the ground. But he's, he's a third forward or a third defender. Um, so if they're in the hunt for another winger... That's interesting in itself. We'll keep our eyes across that one in the next couple of hours as well. Uh, to cricket, the first four rounds of the Sheffield Shield have been announced this afternoon and they will all be played in South Australia. Cricket Australia really keen to get the Red Bull series underway and as they should, we've got a test summer um, coming up and we need to know who's in form in the longest format and it was important to get the season underway. So I'm glad that they are. It will all be happening in South Australia and there's some fabulous cricket grounds uh, around Adelaide. I've done some stuff with the, the Women's Big Bash and um, done some other formats of, of domestic cricket over the last four or five years at Glenelg and at other grounds around Adelaide. There's some really, really good ones. So great decision, this one. Uh, and speaking of cricket, 
I've sort of been following along with Mitch Marsh in the IPL. I've found maybe with no footy on this weekend and, and maybe having a bit more time, I found myself getting drawn to the IPL a bit more, which is really, really good um, because it's a, it's a fantastic standard of competition. Unfortunately for Mitch Marsh, his campaign is over. He's injured his ankle. The problem that he has is that he's currently stuck in UAE. He can't get home. He'll have to do his 14 days when he does get back to WA. But there's an issue with trying to find a, a direct flight. You can't have a stopover somewhere. Um, he's essentially stranded. And I know that um, the BCCI and Cricket Australia are working to try and find a result. But as it stands, Mitch Marsh injured out of the IPL for the rest of the tournament, wants to make sure he's back, doing rehab and available for the Australian summer. And he can't get home at this stage. I reckon they get a result on that one in the next 24 hours as well. So there's a snapshot of everything that's happened across the day. Let's get stuck into your calls. one three hundred seven three six seven three six on the phone. 0433 98 11 16 to join me this hour on the temper text. All Australian tonight. The team will be named. So on Tuesday when we got the squad, we went through the squad and we spoke about who you're happy for and we spoke about a couple of the surprises. I reckon we've we've adjusted to that regardless. Let's now talk about the players that you believe next hour when the team is named, you believe should be locks. Not maybes, not it would be great to see them in, but the players in your mind that based on the way that they have played in 2020 – in your mind, they must be in the All-Australian team this year. I want you to be bullish. I want you to be strong. And I want you to tell me exactly why your player or players that you believe must be in the All-Australian team in 2020. The phone and the text are all yours. I've got a couple that I'll get to very, very shortly. But Shane's in Roville and can open the batting for us tonight. G'day, Shane. G'day. Thanks for taking the call. Um, I'm going to be really bullish and strong on one player who some people have had him as a bit of a maybe and be good if he got in, but not sure. If Caleb Daniel does not get in this year, he will never get in. He he, he never misses a target. His kicking is elite. Um, he reads the play so well. Uh, his height is, is nothing, but he makes up for that because when the ball hits the ground, he never fumbles. He hits targets. And I've been really happy with our coach the last couple of weeks because finally teams are putting some time into him. Mm. And Luke's just... Luke's, Luke's not giving up on that. He's not saying, oh, yeah, they're tagging him. He's moving him up into the midfield in the last two weeks. He's kicked goals. So I just think Caleb Daniel has to be in the, on halfback, not on the bench, none of that, in halfback. Shane, I like to imagine that the selectors pick the team as a team, and I know that that doesn't always pan out the way that it should, but when I sit down and do my team, that's certainly what I do. You're Adam, and he must be a halfback here, not a back pocket. Um, yeah, because I think he plays higher than that. I know he yeah. kick, I know he kicks yeah. it out sometimes, but I think he plays higher, and he and he usually is a is a you know kicks the ball from fifty to to the wing uh, and even beyond. Yeah, I agree with you one hundred percent. I'm glad you said that. That's the reason I asked because if he's picked as a back pocket player, Caleb Daniel, he goes into a different pot. He goes into the pot with um, Dylan Grimes. He goes into the pot with Braden Maynard. He goes into the pot um, with a couple of other small back pocket players. His role's different. He's not, he's not really a defender. His one-on-one stuff's not bad, but he's not really a defender. He is that creative halfback, and he's one of the very best at it. So I agree with you. If he's in this team, he has to be a halfback. He can't be named as a back pocket because that's, to me, not a true reflection 
uh, of the role that he's played this year. Andy's on the road. We're talking our absolute locks for the All-Australian team, which is announced next hour. G'day, Andy. Andy, you with us? We might just come back to Andy. We'll go to Brendan in Camberwell instead. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Brendan, good evening. Uh, good evening. How are you, mate? I'm good, thanks. That's good. Um, yeah, I, I would say uh, Nick Boston. I, I can't remember what draft that he went in, but I reckon they'd all be saying that he'd be close to number one draft pick now. He's an amazing player. So reliable, isn't he? We were talking about him on Tuesday on the show. Brendan, just the sort of player that it was, and it was 2012, by the way, that he went, pick nine in that year, but so reliable, so dependable, and, and just well, very rarely plays a bad game, doesn't he? Yeah, he just seems to get the ball and, and does all the right things with it. So Yeah, and he's the sort of player, appreciate your call, he's the sort of player that to see him live gives you a, I reckon gives you a bit of a better understanding of just how important he is to Richmond as well. They're so organised um, behind the ball and Oh, what I'd give to see a game live right now. I'm sure we're all very much the same, what we'd give to see a live game of footy. But but when you do see Richmond live, or even you see some of the, the footage from behind the goals and, and down the ground on that camera, um, he's so important to the way they structure up because he's unselfish, he's smart, he's organised, he understands the Richmond game plan really well. So we see him win the footy. We see him as the third defender, but we also, some of the stuff that you don't see with Nick Floston, and I think the Australian selectors would see some of that themselves, but some of the stuff that you don't see on the TV, uh, in my mind, is actually some of the best stuff Nick Floston does because he's such so integral with the way they set up behind the ball. Let's go back to Andy on the road. I think we've got him now. Andy, are you with us? Yeah, how you going? Good. Come on in. Um. Are we doing the locks for the uh, All-Australians? My word, we are. I reckon the Lockie's Lockie. Um, Lockie Neal <laughs> has to, uh, obviously, has has to be in there. Yeah, he does. Um, but I agree with you with, regarding Nick Bloston. Um, he's going to be a, a pain in the, you know, what, next uh, next Friday night for Charlie Cameron and co. And, yeah, credit to him. First few years, he looked like a bit of a flop in the top ten, but he's, um, his last three or four years have been... Absolutely dynamic. He, uh, he's an interesting case, Andy. Thank you. He's an interesting case when it comes to, as you say, the fans always need a whipping boy. And early on, uh, I reckon I reckon he was probably one of those. I reckon he's probably one of those that Richmond fans are sort of thinking, oh, oh, okay, here we go. Dylan Grimes is a little bit the same, but uh, it, it doesn't – the penny doesn't drop straight away. And what we're asking players to do here and come in and play in a system is not an easy thing to do. And – uh, Nick Floston's well and truly worked it out now. Yeah, he he's an absolute star. But looking at this back half, it's going to be hard to get into. You've got guys like Luke Ryan, Harris Andrews, um, Darcy Moore, absolutely in this conversation. And his name's coming through a lot off the text. Like this one, Dale in Bandura says, Darcy Moore is an elite ball reader, knows when to go uh, and knows when to come over and help out as well. And that's sort of quite similar to what we were talking about with uh, with Nick Floston before. So, it's going to be a real challenge for them when they name this team tonight to try and fit in six because you'd say in all likelihood, um, Brad Shepard's actually one that I haven't mentioned yet as well, but you'd say in all likelihood that they might maybe find one spot on the interchange bench for a defender who was surplus and, and missed out being named in the back six. But normally the spots on the interchange bench are for the players who spill out from the midfield and, and maybe another forward as well. So um, 
Be interesting to see how they name this team tonight. We're talking locks in the All Australian team. One three hundred seven three six seven three six to join me on the phone. Oh four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen on the text. The reason that we wanted to do this tonight, not only because it's on next hour, but I can't think of a year where the All Australian team has sparked so much debate, um, has sparked so much passion, and has divided so many footy fans. Now I don't know if it's because of. Um, COVID and, and lockdown, particularly those in, in Victoria, that we've watched more footy than, than what we normally would because there's bugger all else to do and there has been bugger all else to do all year or whether it's just the, the team itself or whether fans are more passionate about a couple of players from their team that were left out. I'm not sure. But this is your last chance, I guess, before the All-Australian team is dropped next hour to tell me about the lock within the All-Australian team. one three hundred seven three six seven three six on the phone. Got a stack of your text to get through on the other side of this as well on the temper text, 0433981116. Anthony Miles still to come this hour. You're with Jack Heverin on Time On. Your home of sport. Time on with Jack Heverin. Good to be with you on Time On on Australian Night, Rising Star Night, AFL Coaches Association Awards Night, MVP Night. We've jammed it all into one, and you'll hear it from top to bottom here on SEN next hour. Anthony Miles to join me a little bit later on this hour. one three hundred seven three six seven three six to be with me on the phone. 0433-981116 on the temper text. We've been talking about your locks for the All-Australian team, the players that just must be there in your mind. And there's been some good arguments made tonight on the phone and a few really good ones off the text, which I'll get to in a second. But the players that just must be named, in your opinion, when this team drops next hour. And the secondary part to this, who captains this team? One three hundred seven three six seven three six. That was the hard thing that I tried to work through today. It's hard enough to try and work out who's actually going to be in this team. Who captains the All Australian team for two thousand and twenty? Is it the best player? In which case, probably working off Brownlow betting and, and whatnot, it's probably Lockie Neal. Is it someone who is a leader within their team and, and a captain or a former captain? If you want to look at Travis Boak. Marcus Bonson Pally's in the squad just to think of a couple. Or is it someone from outside that? Is it someone who you think has personified leadership this year? That's the other thing that I'm really struggling to work out and interested to see which way they go tonight. Who captains the All Australian team? One three hundred seven three six seven three six on the phone. Oh four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen on the text. We're talking locks. Uh, this one. The locks should be Tom Stewart, the best all round back in the league, and he's proved it by far again this year. And that's from a Pies fan coming through uh, off the text. Spoke about this the other night. It's, it may be, it may just be an issue for Tom Stewart that he missed three games. It was three. I just wanted to triple check that. Uh, three. It probably shouldn't be when you think about it. Again, the, the backs six and the team that they're going to try and name, uh, it is going to be as challenging as any this year to be honest, I don't. I didn't have Tom Stewart in my team, but that's only personal choice. Uh, you could absolutely mount an argument that he's in the team. Glenn says Harris Andrews must be a lock from the Gold Coast. Good on you, Glenn. Appreciate that. Uh, All Australian locks: Liam Ryan, Nick Nat, and Brad Shepherd. 
no prizes for guessing <laughs> who that person goes for off the text. But um, from a West Coast point of view, I think we all agree that uh, it's pretty obvious that Nick Nat knew he's going to be a lock as the All-Australian Ruckman. Brad Shepard should just about be a lock as one of the, the small defenders. And for those who say that it's Victorian bias, uh, as I say, we've watched more footy this year than any other, I reckon. Uh, and if you've watched West Coast closely, Brad Shepard hasn't had a bad game all year, so he should be in it. Um, and Liam Ryan, his last six weeks in particular, and I'll talk to Paul Hazelby about him a little bit later on, but Liam Ryan's last six weeks, he's come home with a wet sail and he's gone from and evolved from just being a, a flashy sort of high-flying forward who can and do a few cool things um, to now being a really, really consistent player, to being a fantastic ball user uh, and to being hugely crucial for West Coast. So they may get their way, West Coast, and they may get all three of those uh, in the team. Andrew Gaff's in the squad, but uh, I'm not sure that, that he's making his way uh, into the eventual team. Aaron says, Jack Steele is my lock. Um, this one as well. Jacob Wiedering, lock him in for a key back position. He has shut down the best forwards all year long. Jacob Wiedering's name coming through quite a lot. Sam Menegola on a wing. Well, if you're listening on Tuesday, um, you'll know my view on the wing position. And I'm actually really, really passionate and really of the belief that when this team is named, we must select players in positions. They can't just be overflow. The wing can't be an overflow of players who played in the midfield this year. And then, oh, we couldn't, we couldn't squeeze them in the midfield, so we'll just, we'll, just bump, we'll just bump them out to a wing. Pick wingers. Pick half forwards. Pick forward pocket players. And if you can't squeeze them into their position on the ground, put them on the bench. That's where you have them. So if you're picking wingmen, a human cluggage is going to be pretty hard to stop, I reckon. But I've also heard some good cases made in the last few days for Sam Walsh being a winger that he has spent a little bit of time, or in fact a fair bit of time, out there. So how they pick this team tonight will be anyone's guess, I reckon. Toby's in Port Adelaide has got a view on the team tonight. G'day, Toby. G'day, Jake. Um, just wanted to put forward uh, Travis Boak for captain of the All-Australian team. I think he's had a sensational season. Leads from the front still. Um, I think he'd be someone that everyone would be happy to uh, have him lead him out if they were to play as an All-Australian team. So I uh, just wanted to put him up. He was actually the one that I had too, Toby. Um, the team that I had didn't have a, a club captain. So then I went with players who have either either in their leadership group or, or who are captains previously. And I reckon Travis Boak ticks a lot of boxes. Yeah, 100% he does. He's, uh, he's all class. And I think even he's brought a lot of those young players through um, and helped them develop people like SPP. Mm. Um, yeah. Can he? It'd be my. Uh, oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to ask you, Toby. Can he win the Brownlow, or, or in your mind, is that locked away? Oh, well, of course, I'm biased. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I asked but, you because um, I, I know how biased you are. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I, I think he'd be a very deserving winner. Uh, you know, amongst the people that in his peers, you know, in that are in the question. Yeah. I, I would love to see him um, finish second. I'd love to see him win it, obviously, Travis Boak, because he's a fantastic footballer. I'm just going to, I'm just finding it very hard to mount a case for anyone outside of Lockie Neal to win it. I think he might just be too far ahead. And especially in the first half of the year, he may have set the whole thing up, but we'll have to wait a, a couple more weeks for that. I think Travis Boak's a certainty to be in the all Australian team tonight. I reckon we can pencil that one in. 
0433981116. Temper text. Um, Tom from Bacchus Marsh says, Luke Ryan is an absolute lockdown back. Well, I've got one player that I think should be a lock is Nick Haynes. And I've been getting a few texts on Nick Haynes on Tuesday and, and getting a, through, a few tonight as well. It's probably him and Nick Haynes for that same spot as the hybrid defender. So I don't even know if you, you're classing him as a third tall. You, yeah, you probably are actually, really. The way I've picked my team, I've sort of got them as the third tall. So they're the third tall defender slash drop-off player, which some will say you don't need a drop-off player. Well, you do because every team's got one now and the best teams use the players like Nick Haynes and, and Luke Ryan to their advantage, and, and Richmond have certainly got a few of those as well. So um, I've got Haynes ahead of Ryan. I didn't have them both in the same team uh, because I went with Haynes instead. But you could mount an argument for them to both be in the same team or you could mount an argument for, for Luke Ryan to be in ahead of Nick Haynes. It's going to be a tough one for them for sure. Now, this one off the text, if Braden Maynard gets in before Nick Floston, I'll eat my hat. Um. I would have your hat ready, I reckon, because I didn't have Floston in mine and I did have Maynard in mine. I could be wrong. There's actually probably a fair chance I am wrong, to be honest. But um, I had Maynard ahead of Floston. Tom Hawkins to be skipper. That's from Tim in Geelong. Lock it in. Tomahawk's name's been coming through thick and fast off the temper text to be captain of this team. He very well could be. He very well could be. You're not going to go wrong with whoever is named captain. As I say, I've got Boke ahead. Um, but Tom Hawkins, it would be a deserving honour for him to be named. And what one thing we have seen with the All-Australian team in the past um, is that they don't always value being a captain at your own club uh, as being the most important thing. I can think back to a couple of years ago where Buddy was named captain of the All-Australian team, and I'm pretty sure Buddy's never sat in any leadership group meetings, has never been involved in a leadership group, and... Uh, has no desire to be involved in a leadership meeting at any stage as well. They go in their different directions. Uh, this one off the text. Back six for me is Andrews, Grimes, Floston, Daniels, and Haynes, maybe. So what's that? One, two, three, four, five. Yeah. And Haynes, maybe. Luke Ryan missing out there is probably the, uh, the interesting one uh, and the Big one there, I suppose. This one, you must have Dylan Grimes and Nick Floston in the team. Surely they'll be in there. Uh, Hugh McCluggage should be in. Mark says you can't put inside midfielders on the wing. Menegola and McCluggage have been the best two this year. That is my point exactly, Mark. Thank you very much for that text. That is my point. Pick wingers. It's a specialised position on the ground. They all are, but wingers in particular have shown their value in the last few years. Probably the team, the position actually possibly looked a bit dead about four or five years ago, but not now. Wingers are crucial for teams, and, and I agree with you. Menegola and McCluggage have been the best two wingers in the competition this year. Um, this year might be, this is from Scott and Williamstown, this year might be the year where more positional players make the team because, to my eye, there hasn't been the usual number of midfielders that have had standout years. Scott, it's a good point you make, um, and we've seen this year more than any other that numbers are down because of the, the shortened games. We've seen uh, situations where players have been rested, even against their choice sometimes, because th- there's been a lot more player management and maintenance going on. So maybe that's had something to do with why we haven't had the standout seasons as well. But, yeah, I don't want to bang on about this, but I, I think from you, you must there are certain positions on the ground that must be picked based on their positions. And to me, they are at least 
one traditional back pocket player because we accept that the spine will be picked that way. We accept that we'll, we'll get the centre-half forward and the full forward and the centre-half back and, and the full backs. But we must pick at least one back pocket player, ideally two, and we must pick two wingers. We must. And we must pick at least one, if not two, small forwards because that's the same sort of setup that most teams are going with. A couple more to finish up. Surely Darcy Byrne-Jones is a lock. He's hard as nails. He leads by example. He barely gets beaten. He uses the ball well, and he's part of one of the stingiest back lines of the year. You could play around with the combinations for the All-Australian team all day long, and I must admit I did spend far too much time on it today. And in other situations, you could absolutely have Darcy Byrne-Jones in that team, and I didn't, but... It'd be a fantastic reward for him if he was named tonight, as it would be for all players in the All-Australian squad. The teams will be named and the beginning, the process will begin in about an hour from now. We'll have it for you from start to finish tonight here on SEN. one 736 736 on the phone, 0433 98 11 16. And you can also get involved on Twitter at Time On Aussie. At, I'll try that again in English. At Time On SEN. Who are your locks for the All-Australian team this year? Anthony Miles will be my special guest on the day that he announces his retirement. Up next. Great to have your company on Time On. On a very special night, we have the All-Australian Awards coming up very, very shortly. The Rising Star, the Coaches Association Awards, we'll have them all for you in the next hour. Paul Hayes will be to join us next hour as well. We'll talk about Caleb Sarong. He's not in the book as the Rising Star for this year, but I think he's going to go very, very close, and he is the favourite with most bookmakers as well. So that is still to come here on Time On. But it is the season for retirements, and another one today at the Suns, a man who's got absolutely everything he possibly could out of himself. 88 games at the Giants, Richmond and the Gold Coast Suns and today calls time. Anthony Miles is my special guest here on Time On. Anthony, good evening. G'day guys, thanks for, yeah, thanks for having me mate. I appreciate you having me on. First and foremost congratulations, as I say off the top, you got absolutely everything out of yourself from the moment it all started. Yeah, thank you mate. I'd like to think so. It um, probably hasn't been a, a real sexy career I suppose you can say <laughs> but um, I've, I've enjoyed every minute of it. I, I, you know, typically you know, you've been in the system for 10 years. You'd love to have played 200 games and, and won a premiership. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm stoked with the career I've had. I think it's shaped me into the person I have, having the setbacks and all the rest of it. So, um, yeah, I'm pretty content. I'd imagine no regrets. You sound like you're a man that doesn't have many regrets. Yeah, no, absolutely. As I just said, I, I would have loved to have done those things. Um, but, yeah, I'm happy with where I'm at. I was the cards I was dealt. And as I said, I think that shapes me into the person I am off the field more so than, than anything else. So, um, as I said, I've, I've loved every minute. I've met some great people in those 10 years at three different clubs. Um, so I'm fortunate in that aspect. Without giving us the, the gory details, but the conversation that you have with the Suns where it's a, a mutual decision or something along those lines, I'd imagine, where you decide that it's over. How, how was that? Yeah, it was good. Stewie Jew and John Haynes sat down with them. And, and Dewey's been fantastic. They're really open and honest this time of year. Um, I, I probably didn't have a great run injury-wise this year and, and all the rest of it. And um, Our young midfield is coming on extremely quick, as I'm sure you guys would have seen yeah. earlier in this year. So um, it was a little, yeah, a little bit of both, but it was, it was great for them to give me the opportunity to speak to the guys yesterday and, and to um, yeah, announce that today. Um, you speak of injuries. I want to go back to earlier in the year, if I can, because you, you, did, you were going to miss a chunk of the first half of the year regardless anyway with a pec injury. Were you shifting too much tin in the gym? Is that what happened? 
I must have been, yeah. <laughs> uh, something I've done a thousand times. Um, and yeah, just I did the first rep, felt fine, went down on the second and, and pop it way it went. So it wasn't ideal, that's for sure. We don't see too many pec injuries, do we? They must be a, a hell of an injury to try and recover from. Yeah, they are. I think they're more common up uh, on the Gold Coast up this way with rugby. It's more of a common rugby injury. But, um, yeah, it was, I didn't, when I first did it, I thought, yeah, maybe you know one or two months. But it's a reasonably strenuous process to get back from. Um, it's got to knit back to the bone and, and do all that. So, it's yeah, as I said, pretty strenuous. I remember reading an article on the Suns website from you. I reckon it was about April of this year where you were speaking about the injury, but in the article you were talking about how you'd started to transition and do a bit of coaching with Stewie Jew and you'd been on the bench during match days and all that sort of stuff. Tell us about that. Is it something that you've always had a bit of an interest in? Yeah, I think so, and particularly coming up here with the younger list, it was something that interests me getting into, You know, whether that be the coaching side or the development um, development side of coaching, sorry, or um, welfare kind of thing. So, yeah, a little bit of that interests me. Um, and, yeah, it gave me a good opportunity while I was in to, to sink my teeth into that and, and still be involved around that team environment. Is it something we'll see more of from you going forward? Uh, it's, it's a little bit of a tough one with the, the soft cap reductions and, um, you know, to staff and all the rest of it. But, um, yeah, I'll have a little bit of time away and think about that and, and what the next steps are for me. I, um, one day I'd love to return to footy at the moment. It's probably looking unlikely, but, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. Anthony Miles, our special guest here on Time On. Tell us about the Suns, Anthony, from when you arrived to, to what it looks like right now. You arrived at a time where there was a, a period and a transition of change going on at the club. Now they seem very settled. They seem very certain about their future. And, and you mentioned the young midfield, how exciting it is. Just just take us through what you've seen in the couple of years you've been there. Yeah, it's interesting because there has been such a transformation. I've probably reflected on that the last few days when I first got here and um, to where the club that now it's amazing transition and, and transformation I believe I think um, they always believed that was their model a couple of years ago and getting good staff members good players around and um, and people who wanted to be at the club and I think that's really transcended into on-field um, improvement and I think they'll continue to prove they've got great leaders in um, obviously Stewie Jew, John Haynes, Mark Evans, Craig Cameron uh, the list side of things, and then all the staff who want to really be here and the players really want to be here as well. So I think that was probably the most important thing, and, and that um, continues to yeah transcend through the group. Was that important for them to work out as a club who did want to be there and who didn't? Uh, I think so, yeah, absolutely. yeah. Um, guys who want to invest in, in yeah, off-field success, uh, on-field success, sorry, and also who want to grow the club and... and um, grow the connection of the playing group, I think is really important. And before that was Richmond and your time there, that, that's where even today, Richmond supporters, I'm sure you've seen on Twitter and, and social media, the outpouring from Tigers supporters wishing you all the best has been really fascinating to watch. You, you obviously made an impression there that, and you were there at a time where this club, you talk about being structured and knowing where they want to be. Richmond had planned a long way out and it was all that work that got them to the period that they were in when you were there. Yeah, Richmond's a fantastic footy club and I was fortunate to be, yeah, um, to be involved there. They gave me a lifeline um, after the GWS days and as I said, um, I was really fortunate and really thankful that they did that. I got 66 games out there and played a lot of games in a row and then um, during, you know, the 17, 2017-18 period, didn't play too many, but it was great to be around that successful culture and that successful club at the time and I'd like to think in some small way that, 
during that period when I was there and playing footy that um, yeah helped put them in a position um, somewhat they're in today. I know, as I said, it's only uh, very minuscule, but um, yeah, I've loved my time at Richmond. Oh, I've absolutely no doubt about that. It seems as though, Anthony, that people leave Richmond, whether they're there one year, 10 years or in between, they leave most of the time a better person. Would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's um, part of their, the cultural stuff they do, the, the footy side, obviously, but um, also the off-field development and connection they do. They have some great people involved and similar to the Suns, I think, their leadership from from the board down um, is exemplary. So, yeah, I certainly feel I've grown as a person. As I said um, at the start, I would have loved to have played more games of footy, but I, I think my time in footy has helped me to be uh, the man I am. You are going to get asked a lot of questions about best player you've played with, best player you've played against, all that sort of stuff. I'll leave those for now. What I want to know from you is, as a player, who had the most impact you as a, as a teammate or a coach, but who had the biggest impact on your career? Uh, it's, it's probably, yeah, it's a tough one. Yeah, no, it's, um, it's probably, yeah, a, a similar guy who's a um, similar journey to me. Um, there's probably a couple of guys, um, Jacob Townsend, who I was at uh, GWS, and then he followed me to Richmond. We were really yeah. close mates and, and similar um, similar career trajectory, I suppose, and Sam Lloyd, very similar. Um, in and out of the side a little bit, um, was, was a good player, really good player and still is. But, um, yeah, those guys... We really bounce a lot of things off each other and we're a great support for each other. And, and um, certainly I think I helped them and they certainly helped me. Congratulations. That's that's the most appropriate word and it's the one that belongs here, as I say. You, you achieved so much and had such an impact on all three clubs that you're involved in. So congratulations and Thank we you wish you much. all the best for what's coming up next. Thank you, mate. I appreciate that. Cheers. Hey, a star. Anthony Miles joining us on Time On. A lot of outpouring as well from Tigers supporters from supporters of the Suns, from supporters of the Giants. He's a player that leaves with a lot of respect for the way that he went about it from start to finish. This one's a good example. Congratulations on your career, Milesy. Good country bloke from how long as well, just on the border there, or close to the border of Victoria and New South Wales. We'll come back and wrap up some breaking news from racing regarding Hugh Bowman, which I'll get to on the other side of this as well. You're with Jack Heverin on Time On. Your home of sport. Time on with Jack Everett. I'd just like to thank this good club for giving me, a, giving me an opportunity, you know, to be the first African to play in the AFL. Something that I always hold close to my heart. I've made some really good mates um, in the, at this place. I miss, I miss the locker, ba- uh, locker room banter. Um, you know, some of my dad jokes that I. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, it just didn't work out the way. One or two this year, but I guess um, you know they've just been the challenges that I've, I've gone through. Always good luck going forward, and you know just make sure you look after each other around this time. There are going to be guys that are not going to get offered contracts going forward, and um, yeah, just cherish your friendships and yeah, thanks, Jory. Good to have your company on time. On that's Magic Door addressing. The playing group today at North Melbourne, a playing group that's going to look really, really different next year, and that just continues to grow by the day. He was one of the 11 players to be delisted. Uh, You would say at 29 years old, it's probably unlikely that he gets another opportunity, but it's not about that right now. It's about the journey for Majak Dor, the doors that he has opened as being a Sudanese player and the pathway that it's created for players since then. And it's also about overcoming 
one of the most traumatic events in anyone's life and getting back to playing at the elite level, not just for the physical injuries, but for the mental aspect as well. So, Majak, congratulations on behalf of everyone here at SEN. You did some exciting stuff on the field, no doubt about that, but it was the journey that you've been on and the strength that you've sh- shown through adversity that wins the respect for so much of us here. So congratulations. one three hundred seven three six seven three six to join me on the phone. Oh four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen on the text. As I headed to the break, I mentioned that there was big news coming out of uh, the spring carnival and out of racing. Hugh Bowman, who was given a 20-day suspension last week for his ride on Farnan in the Run to the Rose on, in September, on September the 12th, and if you remember, even if you're not a racing man, you're probably a man or woman, you've probably seen that race and seen Farnan go to the front. Um, the charge was running and handling. Basically, he took Farnan that far ahead that the horse had nothing left down the straight and lost in the run of the rows. Uh, he did say right from the start, Hugh Bowman, that he was going to appeal it. He did. Stewards were, the, were of the opinion that he could have maintained a more favourable position to the outside of Rothfire early instead of taking it all the way to the lead. But regardless of all of that, uh, Hugh Bowman has appealed and is free to ride. He's had the ban overturned. This is a massive, massive news for Spring Carnival, particularly in Sydney, uh, because it means that he is available coming up for this weekend uh, and he will be right to go, which is um, fascinating. Uh, It will divide punters, no doubt about that, and it will divide racing fans. But Hugh Bowman available, wins on appeal, and is right to go for this weekend. Hmm. wonder what you think about that. Also wonder what you think about this. Malcolm Blight spoke this morning with Sam Edmund on Mornings, who's in for Jared Waitley this week, and had this to say about the AFLPA MVP award. I'll tell you now, half, half the players don't watch footy. You talk to them, I talk to them a lot. Mm. So they vote on what the media rewards are doing. Why it's so highly rated has got me beat. How can you go, and half the time you can't watch teams play because you're playing or coach training. So I think it's the most overrated ward in the whole history of the world. I, 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 I just don't get it. Um, you, you can't. I mean, you may as well call it a media ward because that's all the blokes are doing. All they're doing is reading stuff and looking at stuff because a lot of times they can't even watch it because they're playing or training. So... I think it's the most overrated award in the competition. So whoever wins it, congratulations, but um, move on. He is an individual, Malcolm. There's no doubt about that. Um, You speak to players, and I'm not going to bulk them all in the majority, but uh, it has come up a lot, this conversation. And I've asked the question of players that I've interviewed along the way. Um, It has come up. Players do rate this award a lot because to be voted the best player by your peers, I take in what Blighty says that not all players watch games. Um, Trust me. Not every person on the All-Australian selection panel has watched every game. Trust me, not every person on the Rising Star panel has watched every game. They just haven't. They should have, but I'll guarantee they haven't. But to be voted by your peers as the best player in the game, not the best player according to the umpires or um, in the papers or in, in any other form of media, but by your players and by your peers, the guys that you go up against every week, and, and to be honest, the guys that you probably – want the most respect from outside of your own fans at your club, that's meaningful. And, and players say that it is meaningful. So I have to disagree with Blighty there. And, and I think if you canvas the playing group as a whole, uh, they would say it actually doesn't matter whether I agree or disagree with him. I think the majority would disagree with him and say that the award does mean a lot. Some other news from across the day. Eddie Maguire revealed on Channel 9 last night 
that teams could play a cluster of interstate games in a short period next year. So the numbers in Victoria look really, really promising, and hopefully Sunday brings um, the, the easing of some restrictions that we're going to have to wait a few weeks for. It seems so far away that oh, I, I just don't know how we're even trying to forecast that at this stage. I'm sure that it's been discussed, and, and the AFL and the NRL have been really, really good to be ahead of the curve and have a plan A, a plan B, a plan C, etc. That might be plan L or M, but it's a good plan to have all the same. And hopefully, for the sake of all of us, uh, it doesn't come to that. And in the IPL last night, the Mumbai Indians beat the Kolkata Knight Riders. Pat Cummins had a shocker with the ball. Went for 49 off three overs, but then with the bat, he did turn it around and hit 33 off 12. All Australian up next. The AFL Awards up next. The Rising Star will have it all for you. From- it's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now. From start to finish on a special edition of the Sporting Capital.